hello listeners. We have a very special bonus episode of Uncanny Treks for you today. We're going to focus on the most recent cinematic incarnation of the Dark Knight, Matt Reeves' The Batman. Uh, Matt, Matt, I think it's the goddamn Batman. <laughs> Bob has refused to see uh, the film in theaters. I guess he doesn't have three hours time to, to spare. No, I don't. And, uh, you know, I, I like I'm willing to get COVID for a lot of movies, Matt. I was willing to get COVID for The Green Knight. was willing to get it for The Tragedy of Macbeth. was even willing to get it for The Suicide Squad. But, you know, I, I'm... No, I'm not. I'm not spending three hours and getting COVID for the goddamn Batman. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll watch it maybe, depending on how this conversation goes, when it drops on Hobo Max with my boys. Yeah, he'll watch it on Hobo Max when it releases the April nineteenth. Just one month away, Matt. One month away. Since Bob is a bitch, I'm just gonna spoil the entire film for him. You may you may say I'm a bitch, Matt. I'd say I'm a principal bitch. <laughs> I'm going to recount what happens in the film so that he may unjustifiably critique it as we go through. Oh, so you, you think I'm going to dislike it? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you're going to critique it regardless. Keep in mind, though, uh, listeners, that if you have not seen the film, uh, this episode is going to spoil the entire plot in its entirety. So stop listening if you don't want to have anything ruined. Uh, well, that, that said, Bob, let's let's take a trip to a very rainy Gotham City. Can I can I ask you an important question that we begin on, Matt? Sure, go right ahead, Bob. So I, I've heard it said, I've heard people complain that uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman voice is as constipated as Christian Bale's Batman voice. Is that true? No, Bob, I, I don't think that at all. I, I I think I might believe my other informant more than I believe you, but okay. Go, go right ahead, but I, I don't. I, it did not detract like uh, Christian Bell's did. So, okay. well, let's we'll, we'll get into this, Bob. I promise. And then one 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 other question. One other question. Bob so already I've tried to. He's trying to. Bob trying to derail this this project. I've heard it complained. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I've heard it complained that um, how would you say uh, that unlike say such great actors and I to be clear I respect Robert Pattinson a lot I like a lot of his work quite a bit but um, unlike such great uh, cinematic interpretations as Christian Bale and Michael Keaton where they do a good job at Bruce Wayne and then you know Batman is just kind of you know a guy in a rubber suit I've been told that uh, Pattinson really plays Bruce Wayne no different from his Batman, which makes for a very boring movie because it's Bruce Wayne. It's very boring. Batman and Bruce Wayne are the exact same in this film. There is no real difference. I'll go ahead that, and take that. That sounds awful. That sounds like a really bad call. All right. So let's get into this, Bob. I just want to go ahead and point out that it rains the entire film. Every scene, I mean, it, there's rain. It was raining on me as I went to get coffee in Seattle, Matt. So yeah. I'm, I'm in the right mood. I'm in the right mood for the rain. The, the film opens on Halloween night. And there's been a murder, okay? Did they kill the Roman, Matt? No, the current mayor of Gotham City, his name's Don Mitchell, is murdered by the Riddler with a very peculiar type tool. It looks a lot like a hammer, but surprisingly, we're going to go back to this later on at the end of the film, okay? Okay, okay. The, 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 the film opens with the mayor, he's playing with his kid who's actually dressed up like a hand ninja, you know, with a red outfit. Which is like from Daredevil. Yeah, it throws you off. So the kid huh. runs off with his mother, and we see the mayor is watching news footage of a debate he recently had with his opponent. Bella. May I ask who's playing Don Mitchell? Damn it, Bob. No, I don't know. It's not, it's not important. Anyway, <laughs> Riddler's hiding up in the shadows. He comes up behind the mayor, and he smashes him over the head. With, he wrap, with, with, this, with this tool, yes. He wraps his face in duct tape, chops okay. off his thumb, and he writes okay. no more lies over the tape of the red Sharpie. Okay. Ooh, ooh. So the Riddler's like anonymous. Yes. 
Riddler is played okay. by Paul by Paul Dano. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was obviously he's nothing like Jim Carrey. He's nothing like Frank Gorshin, Corey Michael Smith from Gotham. Yo, this uh, Riddler is serious, man. Yeah, John Glover. This Riddler it, is uh, made it so that Paul Dano has trouble sleeping at night. Yeah, this guy's savage, and he breathes like heavily all the time. Is he like he squats over the mirror to tape his face up, and he's like 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 creepy breathing. It's it's quite chilling. So I've looked up the guy who plays the mayor, and uh, I can't say that I've ever seen him in anything. He's surprisingly handsome, though. I, I thought they would have gone with an older man. Good Lord, Bob. Yeah, it's, it's not important. He's, he's literally in the movie for like 10 seconds. The Riddler, have, have you seen the designs for the Riddler? Uh, I, I've caught things here and there, sure. All right, he's got like a full mask. It's green. He's got glasses on the outside of his mask. And he wears a jacket with question mark on it, and the, the whole thing's green. The get-up's green. Okay. It, it's, it's very creepy looking. Very, uh, It's kind of like army. It has like an army kind of look to it as well. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain uh, that. Uh, this Riddler is a disaffected veteran. Yeah, like a, mil- yeah, like a military-style type jacket thing. It, it's, it's weird. And we cut to a scene where like there's violence taking place all over Gotham. Okay, There's street thugs. Uh-huh. They're doing... They're doing crime, and they, but when they're committing their crimes, they keep looking into the shadows because they're afraid Batman's going to like jump out at them, all right? So the whole time this is happening, Pattinson's narrating over it about how he's been around for two years and like all like, the criminal element is scared of him, so anytime they do anything, they're always, you know, just waiting for him to drop on him and, you know. Matt, Matt, can I ask another question? Go ahead. Does, does that mean that this is a film adaptation of Batman Year 3? Uh, no. Batman... Year three. He's been around for two years. This would be the year, the third year. Yeah. No, I think this is. I think this is this. I think this is, we're going into his second year. I think maybe maybe I'm uh, wrong. I don't know. Uh, I think we're going into the second year. It's so not an origin story. The Riddler is the Reaper. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, but there's not. This is not a lot of year two involved with this. Like it's not the same. Year three was the okay. issue with Robin. It was the thing with Robin, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the one he like meets Ray and Dick Grayson. Okay, no, not not a lot of that. But but I will say this. This is this is something that's kind of cool. I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but there's like a fight with a bunch of dudes who are wearing like white face paint. So they were going around like TikTok and crime. Like they'd run up and just punch people in the face and, you know, take video of it and share it on social media. Oh man, the right wing was like really spun up about that. Like 10 years ago, they, they thought it was a real thing. They called it the knockout game. And then there's all these like conservatives on Twitter who talked about how like, you know, youths who were, you know, usually coded as black had like done the knockout game on this on this right wing idiot on Twitter. Oh, it was good stuff. That's exactly what's going on here. So they're on this uh, they're on a subway train and there's like this dude who's sitting there and all these guys are dressed up in the face paint. But we don't know if they're like wearing the face paint because it's Halloween or if they're like some kind of like gang. I don't know. But anyway, one of them is actually Jay Lacurgo. And that name might not sound familiar to you, but you'll know who it is. It's yeah. Tim Drake on Titans. Uh, yeah, it's uh, freaking weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's meant to be a coincidence, but this dude is like he's he's the initiate who they're telling now to like you know hey go punch that guy in the face and you know he's nervous uh-huh. about it or whatever he doesn't want to do it. Anyway, they end up at the subway station. Batman comes out when they're after they punch the dude and he starts beating the crap out of him. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. thugs pulls a gun on Batman. Batman mm-hmm. uses these like taser fingertips to electrocute the mm-hmm. dude. They all run off except for the Lacurgo, who's like freaking out on the ground. And you're like, okay, what are they going for here? Is this like, are we going to have Tim Drake in this film already or some shit? Or like they trying to combine these two series? But no, Batman looks up and he sees the bat signal and then he vanishes. 
and just leaves Lakurgo alone. I don't know if this would have been filmed at the same time as Titan season three. Probably pretty close to it. Yeah, like I don't know if they were trying to do something with it. So we do get our first look at the Batman costume. Have you seen the Batman costume like in advertising? I didn't pay much attention. I saw that it looked like the Christian Bale costume from the Dark Knight trilogy, and I was like, oh, that's dumb, and kept moving. Yeah, it really, it's a little different. He has, um, he's got these gauntlets that are like, have spears in them. And he like shoots the spears from the gauntlets, from the gauntlet. Has a rope attached to it. He uses that to pull people. And then he's got like a high collar, which I liked because I feel like in The Dark Knight and, oh, and in Dark Knight Rises, I felt like Bell's mask looked very alien to me. Mm-hmm. because it didn't have that like bulky piece around the neck, but this adds mm-hmm. that, so I think it looks way better. One thing he can do, though, a lot of people were talking about how the symbol on his chest may have been made from the parent, the gun that shot his parents. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I'd forgotten about that, that stupid shit. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't go into any detail about that, Bob, but get this, get this. He can take it out of his chest <laughs> and use it as a it. knife. <laughs> No, as a knife. Yeah, I was like, he didn't use it as a battering. He used it as a knife. <laughs> is Robert Pat is Robert Pattinson Batman going to have to cut a bitch? Batman sees the bat signal, so he goes, and the next thing you see him walking into the crime scene of the dead mare. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Robert Pattinson's boots make spur noises, but yet he has no spurs. Ooh, creepy. It's, it's like Mandalorian. He's walking with Gordon through the hallway of the mare's home, and he passes a bunch of cops who all just kind of stare at him in awe. They're like, oh, you know, they're like mouth wide open and stuff. Like, you know, it's still weird to see them. Uh, they reach the crime scene in the mayor's study, and there's this one cop who looks like, you know, John Oates from Hall & Oates, the band? Yes. Yeah. Dude looks like him. Okay. He's like, he tells Batman he can't go into the crime scene, but Jim Gordon, who's played by Jeffrey Wright, tells the officer, like, let him pass. The guy, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. Let, it, let him pass, and he's with, he's with me. Must, mustache cop then calls Batman a freak. Do you know Jeffrey Wright for anything else, Bob? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Felix Lydier in the, the more recent Bond movies. He's done some other good stuff that I'm struggling to think of off the top of my head, but that's probably the other big franchise thing. Um, he was in, he was in Westworld. He plays a huge role in that. He's like one of the main characters. I he only plays saw Bernard. the pilot of Westworld and was a little bored by it yeah. and didn't keep going. Yeah, I, he's he's one of the main characters in Westworld. He's Bernard, and then he also is the voice of Batman in um, the HBO audio drama series oh, that recently yeah, dropped. Yeah. yeah, I've been meaning to listen to those, but have not done so. They're Actually, okay. Like, looking at his filmography, there's oh, he, that's right. He's uh, he's a great uh, Haitian gangster on. Um, Boardwalk Empire. That's the other thing I love him from. They're analyzing the crime scene, and they find a riddle on the dead body of the mayor that's addressed to Batman. Okay? Okay. And Riddler's riddles are all in, like, greeting cards form. And it says, what does a liar do when he's dead? What does he do, Bob? What does a liar do when he's dead? I, I'm not very good with riddles, Matt. Maybe that's why I wasn't uh, torn by the, or wasn't compelled by the choice of the Riddler as the villain. He lies still, Bobby. I would say that's uh, less of a riddle and more of a pun. But, yeah, I mean. yeah. My brother pointed out that 80% of what Jim, uh, Jeffrey Wright's Jim Gordon's lines are are reading the Riddler's notes slowly and then immediately asking Batman what it means. <laughs> that's like primarily what Jim Gordon does. So it's rather like the dynamic we have on this podcast, man. Exactly, Bob. Exactly. <laughs> Riddler also leaves a cipher behind. Uh, Commissioner Savage, 
who is the commissioner at this point. It's not it's not Jim Gordon. He's he's just Lieutenant Jim Gordon. Correct. Yes. Commissioner Savage shows up at the scene and he uh, he drops the one f bomb for the movie. Holy fuck. Yeah, that was about it. Uh, so Batman returns to the Batcave with all this new shit. It's like a hidden underground subway station beneath Wayne Tower. Uh, okay, so they're taking some inspiration from like the early '90s and like Asbats. Do you remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, like when they get their subway headquarters? Not that well, but I, I, I see what you're laying down. Yeah, same, same idea. Uh, we, and we find out that Robert Pattinson's Batman actually has contact lenses in his eyes that record everything he sees. So he takes them out of his eye and puts it on this machine, and it's able to like bring it up on the screen, everything that he just like witnessed. And then Alfred, who's played by Andy Serkis, he shows up. Yeah, what did you think of the uh, Andy Circus performance? Because I heard uh, I heard complaints about that too. It is the most minimal role they could possibly put Alfred in this film. <laughs> he goes off on Pattinson in this very first part about not you know doing Bruce Wayne shit. You know the whole like oh you got to go do Bruce Wayne stuff or people are gonna you know think you're crazy. And then he uh, uh, proceeds to go work on the cipher that they got from Riddler. Together they discover that the cipher says the word drive. What could that mean, Bob? I mean, I hope it's a reference to that really great uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, Ryan Gosling film from 2011. <laughs> That's my hope. No, Bob. Batman Gordon then proceeded to look for the mayor's car in some kind of garage. Because get it? Drive? Mm. Car? Couldn't they have spent like an extra 30000 and paid a rider to come up with better ideas? <laughs> no, Bob. It's, we're not done yet. Hold on. They find the surgical scissors that were used to cut off the mayor's thumb shoved into a tire in one of the cars in the mayor's garage. So they enter that car, and Batman looks for a drive. What kind of drive, Bob? A thumb drive. <laughs> uh, so yeah, these aren't riddles. These are puns. He, is, is his name really the Punisher? Is that, is that the big reveal? Paul Dano is playing the Punisher? He finds it, and it requires a fingerprint verification to unlock. All right, so uh, guess whose fingerprint, Bob? Thumb. Yeah, the yeah, severed yeah, thumb. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's almost uh, like I'm Batman, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like I'm solving the mystery along with him. So pictures of the mayor with this battered blonde woman leaving the iceberg lounge are on the drive. Okay. Hey man, and when this is not your daddy's mayor. He likes to fuck. Yeah, apparently. When they open the file, they're automatically sent out to all the news stations using some like magic malware virus technology. I, I it was really like like Jim Gordon gets pissed and he's like Oh no, sending out all these from my email. So really the Riddler is, uh, he is the anonymous for uh, 2022, huh? He, he really is, yeah. You, you learn that pretty quickly in, in the very beginning. So Matt, that raises a pressing question. Is this movie better or worse than the V for Vendetta movie? <laughs> it's probably, they're probably about the same same level. Oh no, oh no. So, so Batman then proceeds to go to the Iceberg Lounge. Okay. He gets in a fight with security. Like one does. Yeah. And the fight is ended by Colin Farrell's Penguin. Okay. All right. Uh, Penguin looks at the pictures, and he denies knowing anything about who the woman is. But then okay. Selena Kyle, who's played by Zoe Kravitz, she, yeah, she walks in. She recognizes the girl, which Batman is able to pick up on from her body language of looking at the pictures. Does she walk in as Selena Kyle or as Catwoman? Selena Kyle. Okay. Yes, and she has lots of different like wigs she wears throughout this. So her chair. And is she just like a patron at the Iceberg Lounge, or is no. she somehow in? Okay, she's in cahoots with Penguin. She's like a hostess. 
Well, that's another question. Did this did this feel like an effective advertisement for the Colin Farrell Penguin HBO Max miniseries? Colin Farrell has probably the least screen time of any other character in this. Yeah, movie. because it's an advertisement for the HBO Max uh, miniseries. With yes, Penguin. which I mean explains a lot. He's he's funny. His scenes are memorable, but it's he's, he doesn't have a lot of screen time. But what? That's not the question. The question is: Is it an effective advertisement? Oh, oh, hey. I'll watch it because I have HBO Max and I have to justify the purchase. So, would somebody who uh, is not compelled and, if you'll forgive me saying so, a little sad like you, would somebody who's not like that <laughs> watch, watch the HBO Max miniseries? I mean, if if you're talking about someone who steals HBO Max from his friends, then <laughs> I would probably not watch it. I don't. I... I don't steal it from my friends. They give it to me. Yeah. I steal it from uh, who is it now? Discovery. I, I steal it from the Discovery Channel, Matt. But I I I'm given it by my friends because my friends like me. I don't think I would pirate the series if I was in that you know in, in that situation. So, getting back to this, Batman decides to follow Selena home, okay? And he watches her through binoculars meet with the blonde girl we saw in the picture, who lives, I guess, is at her apartment, who we now know through Selena's interactions. Her name is Annika, okay? She's Russian. Annika's freaking out because her face is like all over the news now. Batman actually watches Selena get dressed into her Catwoman outfit, which is creepy yeah so they're doing batman as a voyeur a little bit in this one. yeah 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 and it's heavily implied that like catwoman annika are lovers it's not like they're just besties or anything like that they're so they're kind of picking up on some of the subtext from like batman year one and like brubaker's catwoman series okay. exactly yes she gets into her catwoman costume which to me is the traditional black cat suit which you can't really mess up but then the mask is homemade it's a ski mask with like a, a cut down the, down the center for the eyes. And then okay. she has it over her nose. It looks weird, but she doesn't really wear it that much. So it's nothing to... Okay. It, it, it's not like Anne Hathaway's Dark Knight Rises thing where she made like the cat ears with the goggles. That was so lame. Oh, I, I thought that was great. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was it weird. Gave, it, gave me, uh, it gave me vibes of the Catwoman costumes from the 60s TV show. I, I, I wasn't a big fan, but... Everyone's a critic, Matt. Everyone's a critic. Catwoman leaves Annika, and she, like, jumps out the window of her apartment. So Batman's like, you know, what the fuck? Like, why is she doing this? Batman follows her, and she goes to the mayor's house, breaks into the crime scene that we were at earlier, and she's going into a safe, and she retrieves a passport. Batman is behind her and surprises her, and they have a scuffle with, like, lots of those Michelle Pfeiffer kicks. You know how, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's mm-hmm. Catwoman constantly, mm-hmm. like, there's lots of those kicks with Catwoman. Oh, I, I never forget that, Matt. I never yeah. forget. Catwoman explains that Annika's passport was taken from her because of something that she knows, and they didn't want her to leave town uh, with the intel. Batman returns to the apartment with Catwoman and finds out that, guess what, it's been trashed while they were gone, and Annika is missing along with Selena's phone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So now we've got, yeah, now we've got even more of a mystery. How far are we into the runtime at this point? We're in, we're only like 20 minutes, Bob. (laughs) I'm telling you, Bob, I'm telling you, this movie is long as hell. It is so long. I I don't really think the podcast episode needs to be as long as the film. No, no, it won't be. It won't won't be, Bob. It won't be. But I want you to understand. I want you to know everything that happens in this film so that when you watch it, everything's spoiled. 
Uh, Selena's freaking out and explains to Batman that there is actually a club beneath the club where all the important VIP people hang out, Bob. Very VIP. Sorry. I, sorry. I went to sleep there. You, you can keep going. Annika worked in this part of the club. So there's like a, a skeezier part of the club where they do drugs okay. and all the, all the crime stuff. All right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through news footage, we found out Police Commissioner Pete Savage had been uh-huh. kidnapped. Like, this is within the last day. Had been okay. kidnapped and then murdered by having rats chew his face off. Oh, man. Is Ratcatcher going to make an appearance? They show uh, Riddler, like, through a, a viral-looking type video, you know, like kind of like Joker did in Dark yeah, Knight. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got this contraption around his head, and there's rats that are, like, feeding off his face and running around and all this crap. Okay. So, okay. so a new riddle is given to Batman, Bob. Follow the maze mm-hmm. until you find the rat. Bring him into the light, and you'll find where I'm at. Uh, uh. <laughs> that was so bad, I just slapped my cat. Yeah. Selena agrees to help Batman find the rat. Okay, because now Batman's after the rat. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it calls it, they call it the rat, Bob, over and over again. Jeffrey Wright talks about the rat, the whole film. Selena agrees to help Batman find the rat so long as they can find Annika as well. So Batman gives his like little video contacts to Selena and he mics her ear. Selena goes into the lower club because she has access to it. And Batman uses facial recognition software to identify all the important people, including the DA. His name is Gil Coulson. Is that from the comics? Do you remember? Oh, sorry, I went to sleep. Uh, No, no, I don't think so. Okay. While under the influence of what they refer to as drops, which are the actual, like, which are drugs, they call them drops through the whole film, Gil talks about a rat involved with the Are they like roofies? They come in little packs. I don't know if they just put them on their tongue or what. I don't know what the fuck they are. They never Uh, actually show it. It's supposed to be like ecstasy or something. Okay. Uh, I guess they couldn't use just a real name for a drug they call it drops which fits in with the rat too oh god i didn't realize that rat droppings oh god hooker sitting next to him asks him to stop because she doesn't want to end up like the russian girl you know annika the hooker gets up to get a drink selena abandons gill to follow her and we find out that she knows about annika batman isn't happy about this because he thought that gill was kind of going somewhere with telling about who the rat was uh carmen falcone runs into selena and it's alluded that they were in a relationship at some point. Oh, that's that's weird. He's supposed to be she's supposed to be his daughter, not his love. Correct, but but as the viewer, you don't realize that. And the way it's alluded to makes it sound like they may have been lovers. And even uh, Batman okay. thinks they may have been lovers. So Selena goes into the bathroom and says she can't do this anymore and she takes out the contacts and this pisses Batman off. So Selena leaves the club. She's followed by Gil Coulson. Selena brushes him off and takes a taxi. Uh, a defeated Gil, who's like real sad because he thought he was going to get laid, goes to his own car. He gets beaten over the head by the Riddler and duct taped. Or he's not dead yet, though. Batman and Jim go and investigate the rat contraption that was used to kill the commissioner, and they find another riddle. And guess what this riddle says, Bob? U R L Rata Alada. You got it? You awake? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm being silent out of protest. And okay. <laughs> Which it's, it's, I'm probably going to be silent for a long time. Okay. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne attends the funeral for the mayor at City Hall, where that mustache cop we saw earlier, he's so excited to see Bruce Wayne. He's like, hey, Bruce Wayne! Like, everybody's supposed to know who Bruce Wayne is. But dude never comes out of hiding. He's always, like, locked up in his tower. 
Bruce runs into Carmen Falcone, who Bruce thinks is being escorted by Selena, but it turns out to be another woman. So Bruce still thinks that Carmen Falcone and Selena had a thing. Penguin is Falcone's right-hand man, apparently. He's like opening doors for Falcone and like in charge of his security and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcone recounts a short tale to Bruce when he sees him about how Thomas Wayne performed surgery on him after sustaining a gunshot wound, which is in the comics, correct? Yeah, not to Falcone, but yeah, yeah. It's from the 50s story where like you find out that Thomas Wayne was the first Batman. The gangster was Lou Moxon, and you find out that he's the one who organized Joe Chill doing the mugging to right. the parents. To, yeah, yeah. yeah, he says he remembers Bruce watching his father work from the top of the stairs, so he remembers Bruce when he was a kid. The funeral is then interrupted by a car driving into City Hall where Bruce saves the mayor's kid from being run over. Gil Coulson gets out of the car with an iPhone taped to his hand and a bomb collar around his neck. Uh, everyone evacuates, and they send a bomb robot with a camera in to like try to take care of it. And there's an envelope on Gil Coulson's chest addressed to Batman, and it says the word answer. So Batman walks into City Hall. He answers the phone. The Riddler tells Coulson he'll get him out of the collar if he answers three riddles in one minute. These riddles lead Coulson to reveal that he had accepted bribes as DA in the Moroni case, but Coulson refuses to answer the final riddle and give up who the rat is, who the person is that he was paying off. The bomb explodes in front of Batman, and Batman gets like knocked back, like back to hell really far. We know Batman's not going to die at this point, but we know he probably is injured. So you would think they would take Batman to the hospital, but guess where they take him, Bob? They take him to the jail, and they put him in a cell. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's like 20 officers hovering over him. And they try to remove his mask, but he gets up and he starts fighting him. Gordon gets in the middle of it and asks him to clear the room. And this is like one of the best scenes in the movie. Gordon acts like he's talking some sense into Batman, like trying to calm him down. But he's really palming him a key and talking about like this familiar officer uh, who Batman recognized from the Iceberg Lounge. He tells Batman to punch him which he does, and then he escapes through the station, and we get this really good shot of Batman grappling up a set of stairs to the roof of the station. He runs to the edge, but quickly like halts like he's about to fall off, and he does something with his cape where he like flips it around, and it becomes a windsuit. Batman jumps off the building, and he glides, and he comes to a bus going beneath the bridge, and it causes him to rack by pulling his parachute, because he has to pull a parachute now to stop his descent. And when he does, it gets hung up on the bridge, and he hits the top of the bus, and he rolls off full force into the street. And uh, I ended up inappropriately laughing at this, because I thought it was pretty funny. Gordon and Batman deduce that the Penguin must be involved in making a connection between the clue, rat with wings, bird something, and also a GCP officer who does not work for Penguin on the side may also, he may be involved, so they track him to a drug deal where Catwoman is also there to steal money. She just happens to be there. A shootout goes down, and we see that Annika's dead body is in one of the bags, and then Batman revs up the Batmobile. Uh, and this is the first time we see Bruce uh, in an actual vehicle as Batman. Up to this point, like he carries his costume in a book bag, okay? And he puts this black eye paint over his eyes and he wears a helmet over it so it kind of keeps it disguised. And then he would like change. And he probably has to change like two dozen times in this film. So the penguin chase ensues, which we saw in the trailers. Uh, Gordon and Batman interrogate Penguin and we learn that the Spanish is actually incorrect, which leads Batman to, you got it, Bob. It was URL, URL, like a website 
Get it? URL. So he goes and he types in URL, ratata, whatever, and it takes him to a website where he can talk to the Riddler. How about that? There's a cryptic message on this website, Bob. It leads them to a mansion where there was an orphanage. Guess whose mansion it was, Bob? The Wayne family's. That's right, Bob! It was the Wayne family mansion. It was actually an orphanage. And it's condemned now and full of squatters. So Batman Gordon enter a room where there's a projector displaying a video of Thomas Wayne's run for mayor. And in the video, we discover several points of the plot, Bob. And these are important. First point is, Bob, that Thomas Wayne was, of course, married to Martha Arkham. And I believe this is the first time in any Batman movie that we have ever had this mentioned, like that Martha was an Arkham. And this is actually something I think that's a newer addition, correct? Yeah, they. I can't remember where they came up with this, but yeah. 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 Martha's mother apparently committed suicide after murdering her husband. So there's like a history of mental illness. Uh, Martha had mental health problems and she was committed multiple times. But then there's this dude, Bob, named Edmund Elliot. Elliot, Edmund Elliot, was a reporter who discovered Martha's past. So when Thomas Wayne was running for mayor, he didn't want that information coming out about Martha. So he went to Falcone. And guess what Falcone did to that reporter, Bob? He Uh, killed him. He showed him a good time at the club. No, Bob, he killed him. Thomas Wayne had a plan. He originally for his like plan for Gotham was he was going to pump billions of dollars into renewing the city. All right. Which I think we kind of saw in Batman Begins. Same idea, you know, building up the city was the, so when Thomas died, all that money that was earmarked for this project was then funneled into like criminal organizations. So all those dudes who like, you know, like, like Falcone, Maroney, they all got like their share of that money because it wasn't watched very closely. And then the weirdest thing to me, Bob, and this makes me feel old as hell, is that the Waynes mm-hmm. and this are murdered in 2001. So we were in high school when the Waynes were murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's because we were old people. Yeah, it's really we're annoying. Old. It, it, I hate it. The end of the video that Riddler has alludes that Bruce Wayne is the next victim. So Batman rushes home to find out that Alfred opened a letter bomb and has been hospitalized. There's an interesting piece here, though, that Bruce has a housekeeper by the name of Dory. And it appears to be a nod to Aunt Harriet. You remember Aunt Harriet from the 60s show? I do remember Aunt Harriet, yes. Yeah, there's like, like Dory's there. She only she only makes two like little short appearances, kind of like Aunt Harriet did in the show. Like She really wasn't a huge part of it. It was kind of weird to see that. We haven't seen that in the films before. This time around, Bruce goes to the Iceberg Lounge and demands to speak with Falcone. They let him in. And this is like our third trip back to the same place. So there's these interesting like parallels to how the different characters are treated by the twin doormen at the front. Uh, Falcone blames Maroni for the death of the Waynes. All right, so Falcone's like, no, it wasn't me that killed your parents. It was Maroni. He's the one that did it because, because we killed this journalist. Batman gets mad that Alfred lied to him his whole life about Thomas's mob connections. Alfred's not dead. He does get blown up by this bomb, but he doesn't die. Alfred tells him that Thomas Wayne was going to turn Falcone in for the death of the reporter, but he was murdered before he had the chance. And Alfred doesn't know if it was Falcone, Maroney, or just some random mugger. So we don't know, Bob. We don't know who actually did it. Who killed the Waynes? They're leaving that open-ended for a reason, I think. 
Selena captures that corrupt cop I was talking about. She finds her phone. Annika had tried to call Selena as she was strangled to death by Falcone. Selena wants to kill Falcone and admits to Bruce that Falcone is her father, but he doesn't know it. Selena goes to confront Falcone at the Iceberg Lounge. Bruce sneaks in the Iceberg Lounge and he cuts the power the moment Selena is shooting Falcone. Falcone and Selena get into a fight. He attempts to choke her with a steel pole, but Batman arrives and puts an end to it. They walk Falcone out into the street and he is shot in the head. It's made to look like a cover-up because Penguin was yelling at Falcone when he shot and the police tackle Penguin to the ground, but he yells that he didn't shoot. Batman goes to the apartment across the street from the Iceberg Lounge and he finds that it's Riddler's hideout. While there, the police are tipped off that the, there is a guy sitting at a diner down the street who had just ran down the fire escape. We see Riddler unmasking, making a question mark in his coffee, and we see his ID, Edward Nashton, forensic accountant. So they went with Edward Nashton, not uh, Edward Nigma. Riddler is taken to Arkham State Hospital, Arkham, Arkham Asylum basically, and he will only talk to Batman and explains that Bruce Wayne was the only one who got away. I originally thought he knew Bruce was Batman, but it's kind of like a gray area with this particular piece. Uh, Riddler thought that they could work together and that Batman was on his side. Batman gets Batman returns to the crime scene and observes the tool from the beginning of the film. The mustache officer from the very beginning of the film says it's a carpet tool. Used to pull up carpet, Bob. Batman pulls up the carpet in Riddler's hideout and it's a map of Gotham with little lights at each seawall. There's also a clue to a password for his computer. That reveals he was working with several people on a website to gather info on detonators and rifles, which fits in directly with your anonymous thing, which is exactly what was going down. Riddler's placed car bombs all over Gotham set to go off on election night. The new bear is giving her acceptance speech at the city center when the bombs go off. Gotham is flooded and people are panicking. Batman rushes to help, but it's too late to stop the new mayor from being shot by one of Riddler's thugs. She doesn't die, though. They're all dressed like, like Riddler and carrying guns. Batman beats the shit out of them, but one of managed to shoot him point blank with a shotgun. Catwoman comes in for a save, but is attacked. Batman reaches in his utility belt, and he pulls out a vial of it's either adrenaline or what some believe may be venom, and he injects it into his leg. He goes nuts, and he starts beating the guy to a bloody pulp. Gordon stops him from killing the guy. Batman starts helping people escape the wreckage, and it's overly emotional, and it shifts to this tone of the film at the very end. Batman is leading people through the water with a flare, is an example of the imagery you see. He also helps like this injured woman onto a lifeline helicopter. It's, it's, it's strange how like, it shifts very quickly. And then we go to uh, Arkham State Hospital, and Riddler befriends the Joker, Bob. But you never actually see Joker's face. He's just sort of like this shadowy outline, and he's laughing. All right, at the very end of the film, Bob, we're at the end. Batman and Catwoman, they talk about what's happening next. Catwoman says she's going to Bloodhaven, and both she and Batman, they ride off on motorcycles. And then Batman's motorcycle now is like a bat cycle. And we cut to the end with Batman stating that he'll inspire hope in Gotham. And that's the end of the film, Bob. But here's some things to ponder, Bob. Are they setting up a sequel with Hush? I think it so. sounds like it. Sounds like it to me. It sounds like Tommy Elliott is going to want to get revenge on Bruce Wayne. That's my thoughts. Uh, there was a, the Venom link, which I think was extremely random at the end of the film, but I think that is supposed to be Venom. He's injecting it himself, and we're going to see something Seems with that. Likely. Seems likely. Uh, we did see Nolan's take on No Man's Land and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, we did. No, well, sort of Dark Knight Rises, sort of, and Batman Begins. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. 
But like, uh, you know, we got parts of the city being cut off and Gotham's now under martial law. And I think it also mentions that several of being run by Penguin. So Penguin's going to play a part of that. Joker already being an Arkham implies that Batman is possibly already sparred with him at some point. Um, yeah. You know, this is supposed to be year two for Batman. So I'm wondering if they're going to go for like a... No wonder this sucks. This was written by the guy who wrote The Town and that horse movie in Afghanistan. <laughs> no wonder this sucks. So there could possibly be an Arkham Breakout movie coming up next. I mean, oh, maybe God. something like that. As you mentioned earlier, this is a big piece of this. Batman, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the exact same in this film. There is no difference. Robert Pattinson, Batman, no difference. Mm-hmm. Same character. There's also, this is the first film I think we've ever had where there's no origin story for Batman at all. I mean, that's good, but they could have, well, I, they could have done a lot, of, a lot of other things instead. Yeah, I agree. Three hour long movie, way too long. And there's a lot of this they could have cut out. So the people, they like this movie? Yeah, people love this movie. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's okay. It's not like... It, it could have been way worse. It, it's an interesting setup, I think, for whatever the next film's going to be. Did you know that Paul Dano is writing a six-issue uh, limited series, The Riddler Year One? Yeah, Bob. He's got, got to know what's going on with The Riddler there. Uh... Yeah. How did he set up this little uh, anonymous gig? <laughs> this has made me want to self-harm. You should watch <laughs> No, I'm never going to watch this. This was so boring. And no, I'm never going to watch this three-hour movie. Fuck this movie. <laughs> you got to watch it with your boys, fuck. Bob. No, I'm not watching this with my boys. I like my friends. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> well, I, I, wanted, I did want to go over a list of real quick of comics that did inspire the story. You had Batman Year One, which you already pointed out. Because all the stuff with Catwoman sits there. Um, Batman The Long Halloween. Everything involved with, with Falcon. Okay. It was Halloween, Matt. It all happened on Halloween. It did, but it, the Falcon stuff fits in with this. And yeah, uh, boo. Batman ego. Yeah, that's that shitty Darwin Cook graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the inner conflict piece that Bruce. Everybody has. wants me to act like Darwin Cook is some genius. No, he was a good artist and a shitty writer. Yeah. <laughs> Batman Zero Year with the Riddler stuff. Lots, lots of inspiration from that. Yeah, a lot about fucking Bruce and Martha's family history in, yes. in Zero Year. Ugh. Catwoman went in Rome with like Falcone and Catwoman connection, yeah, the whole... That's the spinoff from Long Halloween. You, or Dark Dark Victory, film. yes. It's from Dark Victory. And then Batman well, No Man's... The spin, Dark Victory is the sequel to Long Halloween, and then Went in Rome is the spinoff. The Martha Arkham stuff comes from those shitty Jeff Johns, Gary Frank graphic novels, Batman Earth One. Yes, that's yeah, a lot. That, that's where that, and that's kind of the way the Andy Circus Alfred is pretty much straight from that, uh, from Batman. Oh, uh, he's like hard marine guy. Yeah, kind of like that. And then oh, what was it? And then all the action sequences and the fighting. Both me and my brother both agreed that it looked just like the kind of fighting you see in the Arkham video games. I mean, like if you squint, it looks like you're watching the video game. So what you're saying is it's video games have ruined Batman. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm saying that drawing from the history of Batman, like these comics I've listed, a lot of them are more recent. Some of them are, you know what I mean? Like you're not looking at the long history of Batman. You're looking at some they're of the also, more recent they revelations. They're ripping off Gotham Central soft targets. That's the 
storyline where the Joker is like a sniper who's like killing important people in Gotham, yes. which was a big inspiration on the Dark Knight, which clearly this movie is just lifting wholesale because we live in a hellscape and nothing is original. Yeah, I, I did. I did catch that too. I was like, a lot of the same people that died in that film died in this one. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Overall, Bob. I mean, it's 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 an okay. Film. I think it's a good start. No, it's not for something. No, I think not. it's a good They're, start. Bob disagrees. Bob didn't see the film though. Bob refused to go watch it in theaters. I, if this was some sort of plan to get me to watch it, it failed me. <laughs> I didn't think you would watch it after I watched it. After I wa- when I left the theater, I was like, Bob, Bob is never going to watch this. Well, there you have it. That's been our bonus episode for Uncanny Treks. This is Matt from the Southland. That's been Bob from Cascadia. Have a good yeah, night, folks. Yeah. I just like to tell you what they whisper to the uh, acolytes when they uh, get to a certain level in a religious hierarchy, which is nothing is true, everything is permitted. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>